Oh my god, so yesterday, mm -hmm. I... Have you ever just had a moment where you're like, if I don't have this right now, I'll die? Uh, pretty much every day. I had this moment where if I didn't have like a green tea with uh, boba balls at the bottom, oh. that I would have a full meltdown. Oh, that's oddly specific for you. So I, yeah, and I was like, when do, I haven't had a boba tea in like three years. Yeah, so, I used to get boba a lot when we were in Florida because I would order from that um, Vietnamese place. Oh yeah, I forgot. Oh I God, I miss that place. <laughs> and the closest boba place is for some reason all the way in Madison Heights, oh. which is like. Don't, we're not away. gonna, well thank you so much for giving away, our, why don't you give them our social security while you're at it? Well I mean we could be in any direction from there. That's true. <laughs> so, speaking of which, speaking I'm of which, Sammy. I'm Skylar. And welcome to our podcast. What do we got going on today? Oh my god, well this is going to be a quick one because, yeah. so I calculated everyone, uh -huh. the next three days, yeah. the next three days I have exactly, accounting for drive times, yeah. four hours and 15 minutes of free time. Oh, does that include sleep or? Like, uh, that's so, no, I'm factoring in sleep. In sleep okay, full Factoring eight hours. in um, commute times uh -huh. and factoring in brushing my teeth. Oh. Outside that's of that, good. I have four hours and 15 minutes of free time. Mm. So, can you believe that? In the next, <laughs> the next days, three, days. three days. Not per day, but like in total. In total. Okay, but you're also going to a concert, so doesn't that count? As free time? No. No! I was like, your concert absolutely is part of your free time. So you're being no, hella dramatic right now. I'm basically working okay. <laughs> during you're the concert. so dramatic. Um, I am on antibiotic. <laughs> I, um, I can't remember how sick I said I was or whatever the last time we filmed the podcast, but basically... Oh, I had gotten my crown. Wasn't that exactly a week mm -hmm. ago? Yeah, okay, well, listen up, listeners. Didn't know it. 20% of all sinus infections are due to dental work, especially if it's done on the top part of your mouth. And I got a filling and my first crown, and then I got hella fucking sick. Like, <laughs> I mean, the worst sinus infection I have ever had. I definitely took a COVID test at one point because I was like, just... Yeah. Take me. Like, <laughs> so. somebody end it because I'm miserable. I've been on antibiotics. I was in the worst pain ever, but I'm starting to feel a little bit more like me. But, um, oh, it was a rough day. Rough week. So speaking of a rough existence, we're going to be talking about old people a little bit today. Oh my God, I love that. But not necessarily old people in general, but something that happens to old people. It, it, the inspiration comes from psychology today. Of course. Uh, I found an article by this guy named Rene Moitus. It's an O with a little squiggle line over oh, the O. How do you okay. pronounce that? What is the... Uh, what is that called? Like a tilde or something? The tilde? In or out, feeds. You're ruining the vibes of the podcast already. Anyways, <laughs> Mr. Rene, as we'll call him. Okay. He wrote an article called, How Does Age Explain Your Personality? So we've, we've kind of touched on this before, but I found another article that is really interesting and it yeah. kind of picks apart some of the reasons why we all change as we grow older. 
Okay. So the, the, the header for the title is many people become kinder, calmer, and more reliable while others defy those trends, <laughs> which I felt like could be us energy. Yeah. Can you, do you envision so. yourself becoming kinder, calmer, I, and more reliable? Every single day becoming more and more cold, Calm, cold kind, hard bitch. Reliable. So these are the key points. Our personalities age differently, but some changes are slightly more common. Many middle-aged people are more conscientious and agreeable than typical youth. And three, negative emotions are also slightly less common among middle-aged people. Now, I wanted you to think for a second about people that you've known that are older now, that you've known since you were little. Uh-huh. Do you see big changes? Like, can you think, do you think of them as basically the same people or do you think of a lot of them as different? Oh, God, that was quite an exhale. Um... Because it's going to be different like for everyone. Like, when you say old, do you mean, like, I guess 70s the, and up? Because I'm thinking, like, re- 40 and up. That's not old. I mean, like, it's older. Okay, so we're not talking about old people. So we're not talking 65 and over yet. But right now we're thinking about And people. even 65 is not old. But, okay, yeah. 65 great. is, like, technically You're old. You're definitely offending some of our podcast listeners. <laughs> Absolutely right 65 now. is retirement. Oh, yeah, that's true, but that's not old. And you retire, why? Because you're getting old. Yeah, okay, great. You deserve to enjoy <laughs> you the rest of your enjoy life. enjoy it. Um, you deserve it. So, okay, so we, we're talking about 40 and up or mm-hmm. 65 and up? We'll do 40 and up. Okay, well, I'm not too far away from that. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I... Uh, there really hasn't... It's so funny because now that I'm thinking about it, what was the question? Because I don't think so I've I'm really thinking, known a lot of people from my I'm childhood. I'm thinking of... So I am almost 28 now, right? Okay. So if I think of the, my mom's past 20 years and how oh, she's God. changed, she matches up really nicely with this. She's mellowed out. She's calmer. Oh, She's oh. more reliable. Oh, oh. You know? Yeah. Um, like, and like... I'm looking at people in my life and the way that they've changed over the past 20 years, because I'd say 20 years would be the maximum range where I actually have memories of people that I can actually accurately reassemble. Yeah. And then I think of other adults that I've known for 20 years and how they've changed over that time. I would say for the most part, people do become calmer, more reliable and kinder and just kind of slow down and their quality of life kind of goes up. Do you feel like the same for... I don't think I have very good test subjects. I (laughs) currently... Everyone's more unhinged. Listen, no, I don't have anybody to like that I can think of that fits the range in which I would be able to like judge. I currently don't speak to either of my parents. (laughs) I... My grandpa died over 10 years ago, so I remember him the same from when I was young to when he, you know, became ill. And my grandma's really the only one that I have to go off of. And does, has she changed in any way, do you think, in the last 20 years? In, a, in like, for better? I think she's <laughs> kind of stayed the same, man. Like, she's, she's, uh, she's been pretty consistent, like, the whole time I've known her. Um... Yeah. So the article says, regardless of how old people are, some of their personality traits are likely to change. Yet how exactly an individual's traits change is unpredictable. But how does growing older itself change personality traits is the main question. So like why? So everyone inevitably changes. And this article and the other article kind of 
zoom in on like why do people have to change yeah like what are your guesses like what would make because like there's not really a right I mean, answer i guess maybe but what are reasons that see, you've seen I people don't, change and i also don't know if like my grandma has changed in some way or if i've changed in my way that i perceive her has changed mm-hmm. so she could have been staying the same but because i went from child to adult in you know my perspective of life and the way I view her has changed because my interactions with her change and it's really sad because I'm thinking of like literally any other adult in my life that I've known since I was a kid that like I still have in my life is like mm-hmm. I don't think I have anyone to go off of but <laughs> I'm gonna cry <laughs> thank you so much Skylar <laughs> you're so welcome um I'll tell you that when I met George, he was like 34, and now he's, you know, 45 this year. And uh, that man has changed. I have definitely grounded him. I've definitely (laughs) grounded him, for sure. Um, He was always mellow, but he was a lot more... uh, He he was a little whippersnapper. (laughs) Now he's, he's 45. So you know I mean? there's not just one way to change, like you said. Yeah. Like you changing and then yeah, you change your the way perspective. I'm perceiving, like but maybe. also on the flip side, her recognizing that she's being perceived differently could lead to her own change. Oh, that's so like true. it's all stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it says, imagine how people grow. They end at different heights and grow at different paces, but most follow a broadly similar growth trajectory. And like so this is the metaphor they use for the way that we all change our personalities. Like we all grow at different rates and like we all look completely different and we all follow completely different lives. Yeah. But there is this general arc that everyone goes through. Mm. And it says it's the same with the way that our personalities change. It says that we kind of all meander and we all get there at our own paces, but we all eventually kind of reach the same level. Yeah. Well, most people, except for our unhinged family members. But I love that for us. <laughs> where people become calmer, happier, and like ju- more mellow and quality of life usually goes up even if it doesn't measure up with like financial and stuff and which we've talked about once before i think on this podcast so personality traits develop very differently there is no leveling off in adulthood changes happen all the time so there is no like point where you become who you are yeah um we we continue to change our entire lives and we we know this through i mean um, even scientifically our entire body and our cells are constantly changing like regenerating and uh there is no one way to change that is normative people go up and down in any trait as they age so there is no established normal way for people to grow older and change yeah which is interesting yeah there is no actual guideline for like where you should be at emotionally at any point in your life you know what i'm thinking of now that i'm like my grandma's really the only one i can think of that i can really base this off of Mm. um and i will say that when i was younger i mean my 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 papa was around and he did everything for her i've mentioned that before on this podcast like like literally he would Took make care of her like, real nice. I mean, she didn't know how to pump her own gas when he passed away. Like, and she was by herself and had to take care of everything now and mm-hmm. had to figure out how to get someone to, you know, mow her lawn and cause she couldn't do it. And like literally teaching her how to pump her gas. So I know that she's changed, uh, from the, that experience a lot in having to take more control. And I can see, uh, the change in her because of that. I don't know if that's 
necessarily her growing older or like a big change in her, you know, personal situation. Like, I don't know if that would be equated to growing old or just Mm -hmm. life happening and her having to adapt to it. Maybe that's kind of the point. Like, something inevitably happens to all of us where we have to change. Yeah. And it doesn't even necessarily have to be, like, organic from yourself. Yeah. could be those external situations. So. Interesting. The slightly more common ways to change. Personality trait change is most thoroughly studied for adults up to about the eighth life decade. Here I focus on changes from the early 20s to 50s because the findings are less consistent and more complex for later decades. Many stereotypes are also entirely incorrect, including national stereotypes. Um, basically, like, race and, like, ethnic yeah. and stuff like that. Stereotypes about the ways that they age and the mm. things that they go through. So there's, like, a lot of societal assumptions about the way different cultures will age. Mm. And it says... It's interesting, though, because a lot of that information that is, like, statistical about certain races and things like that can be super helpful because mm-hmm. you know it can help to give foresight into possible you know health related issues that stem more with one race than another or you know it's good to have those statistics but it's not like yeah justifying like how they grow old kind of thing yeah. like it's interesting. It says, for example, many people believe that people tend to get kinder, more cooperative, <laughs> organized, and dutiful as they age. Ugh. And indeed, such personality changes are slightly more common among people than the opposite changes. So, like, yes, we do know that people do tend to get better at these things. In terms of the big five personality traits, becoming more agreeable, conscientious, and emotionally stable over time is more common among adults than changing in the opposite direction. So it's more common to get better than it is to get worse. Okay, but see, I need to know these age ranges because here's where I'm thinking. From everything that I've done, and I've worked in multiple jobs, now the difference might be in these jobs where I've had a lot of older people that I've had to come in contact with, Mm -hmm. they all, all the time had money. So I've worked for two major places where I was coming in contact with generally rich people people over the age of 55 to 60, like over those ages. And I would say they are the most disagreeable, difficult, Mm -hmm. mean people. Imagine this. Maybe by the time you met them, they were better than what they were before. Maybe. But I'm thinking that this, like if you are age raging it of like 40 to 65, Yes, I think that age range is more agreeable, more from what I've seen, like interacting, like people mm-hmm. are like just trying to get through it. They're like, no problem, <laughs> whatever, whatever, you know, and then by, you know, 65, 70 plus people don't give a shit anymore. And they're like, fuck you. Get out of my fucking way. I mm-hmm. I have rain here. Like I'm able to do what I want. Like I not think- everyone, but yeah. You know, So there's always going to be those outliers, but um, statistically, um, those people are the outliers. Oh, well, and I I did work with them, (laughs) or work, like, around them. And for the remaining two big five traits, extroversion and openness, it is less clear whether people are likelier to go up, down, or stay the same. However, the other study that I linked to does another study on specifically extroversion in people and how that is one of the most positive traits among happy old people extroversion oh which was not surprising but also interesting yeah okay it's just they're more my grandma is extremely extroverted and 
That bitch just wants to stay inside by herself now. <laughs> she wants to see her two friends, me and her friend Kathy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's about it. You know, she'll go out to eat with the girls or she'll go to book club and stuff like that. But, you know, it's a big deal. You know, she's 80 now. But um, still, that woman craves, craves human contact and is just not for it anymore. Like... Because, like, extroversion, I think, once you get to a certain age, could also be a state of mind. Mm. Like, just the way she interacts with the world is extroverted, even if it's not with people anymore. That's true. So, a thought experiment. Uh, No, that one was boring. I remember reading that. And then... (laughs) That's hilarious. So, let's see. Okay, now I'm going to switch over to this other article, and then we'll call it a day. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> so, I know this might be a short one, guys. I'm very tired. I'm yeah. So this um, study actually comes out of Denmark, and it's funny because it's an actual like again using my library database card. I was able to access this from a psychology journal. Oh my god, and you've got a library. I've got a library card. card. Your mom and dad never took you to the library to get a library card. No. How did you do like school projects and stuff? Well, we had a school library. Okay, but what if the books that you wanted were not in there? I went to a rich kid school. Oh, we okay. had it. So your library was like our public library. Yes, our school library was like My the public library. My favorite here. place to go was the library in the city that I grew up in. They had the kids section too, and the kids mm-hmm. section was like bomb. It bomb. Like I the last time I went there, I literally went and checked out a book from the kids section. Like, it's not like a kid kid section. This is like yeah. YA and all the like all the ages that would, you would think is... I've been checking out the local libraries around here, and those kid areas look so fun. They've got like those uh-huh. uh, like beanbag chair type yeah. things, but they roll around the room, uh-huh. and like they've got a train you I'm can ride. I'm telling you, they do like, like arts and crafts there, story time there. You gotta go to the... <laughs> Oh, that one. That one. (laughs) Did you get it? I got it. Okay. (laughs) So this study is called The Age Differences in Life Stories and Neuroticism Mediate Age Differences in Subjective Well-Being. Anyways, it's got one of those long, weird titles. And it's from Aarhus University, Denmark. Nice. So this is the summary. We examined whether age differences in life stories and personality traits mediated age differences in subjective well-being. So they took 100 young people, 77 middle-aged people, and 81 older participants, measured their subjective well-beings and personality traits, and then they also linked to other studies that actually followed people over the courses of their lives, and they were able... So there was like four parts to this study. Can we look at generations as they are now without following them and see if we can deduct things uh-huh. based on where people are at now okay. or do we have to follow specific generations yeah as time passes like is gen z gonna follow this same pattern that we understand okay now yeah so there are all sorts of questions are being asked i but love that top that's a great topic that's a great topic i feel like we can make a whole we can make a whole episode thing. about that yeah and especially because like us millennials yeah. oh hell what hell are we in for uh, okay well <laughs> we've we also older. experienced like 95,000 tragedies. Uh-huh. We've been through a lot. Yeah. And we have fucking... The generations above us, so... Yeah. The generations above us, though, literally went through World War Two. So, like, it's weird. Yeah. It... Like, obviously, generations survive things. Yeah. That's just what we do as people. So, it's interesting to see how we'll react to the things that have happened to us. Yeah. Because we didn't go through a world war. Like, an example but... of this that I find very interesting is... 
my great aunt and my great uncle, they were brothers and sisters. They never married. They lived in the same house that they grew up in. Um, like spinsters? Yeah, like basically. And um, and then they couldn't get up and down the stairs. So when my papa was still alive, he helped move them into a condo. And um, my my great uncle Phil is still there. He's literally ancient. And my great aunt <laughs> just Mary, a bag of bones. My great aunt Mary passed away. But um, I remember being in the basement. And when we were moving them out, finally, like we were never allowed in the basement ever. And I'm really Italian on that side, so mm. we were convinced there was like dead bodies in there, drugs or dead bodies or something <laughs> fucking nuts down there. But you go down there and there's just shelves and shelves and shelves of like, you know, tomato sauce and canned tomato sauce and toilet paper and uh, soap and, and oh, like stocking up like on goods. they basically were like yeah, stocking up on goods, and I didn't understand why. And then, you know, my dad was like, they're depression babies. Like, they... Save for a rainy day. They think that if they can, and they they should. You know what I mean? Because you never know when you're going to need it. What if something happens? And like the mindset about that. It's true. Now that we've been through what we've Mm -hmm. been through, I'm sure most people would have loved to go raid the basement of my great aunt Mary and Uncle Phil and grab a couple rolls of TP. (laughs) During 2020 lockdowns, they would have they would have been fine, you know. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, the mindset of that, even in their 80s, you know, better stock up. That mindset of like you know what they've been through in their generation, there was a lot of that, mm-hmm. um, and it was just so random to me because I didn't understand it, and I wonder how we'll be triggered in our age, our old age. So like as everyone should know by now, I work at an old folks home with old people and so i see all sorts of old people and like all sorts of different types of incomes like different racial backgrounds and stuff like that and i'm always really interested in hearing like what they what they think about the world now versus what yeah how they grew up and stuff and a lot more people are completely indifferent than you would think they'd be like well the world is just how it's always been or some people think the world is really different and it just really depends on who you're talking to. Yeah. Like their perception. Like there is no universal Unif- idea. Unified. Yeah. Because some like people literally some think the people, world's the same. Yeah. And some of those people have adapted to the big changes and some of them haven't. You know, mm. some of them don't have a cell phone. And yeah. some of them are trying to look up porn on their laptops and they ask yes. you to come and try and it's fix weird. it. It's weird. There is like pornographic old people that know how to use porn and some that just don't have phones. And so there is a... <laughs> There's a big spectrum there. But it says, old age is linked to biological, physiological, and cognitive decline. So older adults report higher levels of subjective well-being despite those things. And we still don't 100% understand why. So, um, let's see. We define subjective well-being as higher levels of life satisfaction and positive effect and lower levels of negative effect. Compared with young and middle-aged adults, this finding has been termed the paradox of aging. So, like, in psychology, it's called the paradox of aging. Oh. Technically, things are getting worse for you, yet you're feeling better. Yeah. So, for example, personality traits, and especially the traits of neuroticism and extroversion, have been found to account for substantial variation in subjective well-being. However, following random study, model of personality, a full understanding of personality must draw upon traits, as well as life stories. And a recent review suggests that life stories are related to subjective well-being. So basically, part one of the study was looking at the way that old people tell their life story. 
the oh. way it says that when they write down and like put through a computer yeah the exact words that people use to tell their life stories they can make a bunch of guesses about their subjective well-being in general oh it says that the way we word our stories that we tell about <laughs> I'm ourselves sorry. i'm just thinking of you and i writing our fucking stories down oh. it started in tragedy yeah <laughs> i wanted a room full of candles <laughs> and i ended up with fish <laughs> talking fish my candle room. <laughs> oh gosh! Imagine you if someone had to like. Candle. Uh, wait, how? Wait, wait, what was? What was the Alanis Morissette? Why were you singing "Light My Candle"? I don't know. I couldn't think of the melody to the. Light my candle. No wait. Oh, hold on. I can't think of it. I couldn't think of the melody to "Light My Candle." So. From Will rent. you light my candle? <laughs> So I just turned it into the Alanis Morissette melody. Will you light my candle? But why does that sound good? (laughs) So anyways, the way we're telling our life stories and the way that that happens. So personality consists of three separate aspects. One, stable inborn characteristics, such as personality traits. B, context-dependent expressions of personality, such as goals and values, and C, dynamic life stories that provide temporally, causally, and thematically coherent accounts of past, present, and future. So this article kind of adds a third dimension to personality, and that third dimension is the way that we express the story of our lives and the way that we express who we are to other people as a dynamic uh, function of personality. Interesting. And it in the way that people use words matter matter i s- stand by that forever and always mm-hmm. i mean obviously words you could trick yourself matter. and like use words you don't actually want to use so this article doesn't really go into how to be better but it does <laughs> lay the groundwork it does say if you're shitty you're shitty if you're shitty you're shitty and you're good, i do you're think done. it's interesting to know where to start and like i think this like these studies are yeah. interesting to have somewhere to start. I mean, it's making me think about a lot. Mm-hmm. Whether it's making me want to do anything, not really, but like, I'm intrigued. So it says the reason this first study is focusing on life stories is because life stories are reconstructed throughout our lifespan, making them good candidates for explaining age differences and subjective well being. In addition, there is convincing evidence that life stories, as parts of personality, are related to subjective well being and that life stories predict subjective well-being even when controlling for personality traits and then later on they talk about controlling for income and uh yeah education levels okay so that i thought i would go ahead and say that doesn't say yet but the life story is an internalized and evolving self-narrative that a person works on over the course of life which is central to identity um autobiographical reasoning a specific type of self-reflection where individuals consider how important events have shaped the self So, when we do autobiographical reasoning, not only are we telling stories about ourselves, we're telling people through these stories why we are a certain way. Yeah. And it says that as we get older, we tend to look at those stories more positively, even if something terrible happened. We say, through this terrible event, I became became stronger. I became better in some way. What didn't help me makes me stronger. (laughs) And it says that people that (laughs) do self-reflection and say this is why I, I'm terrible yeah. are less likely to be happy. Obviously. Well, clearly. 
And so, but also it goes on to say about just the language that we use while telling those stories is a huge predictor, even before we kind of hear the whole story. Right. Like if someone's like that bitch, Kathy, she was a nightmare and then she ruined me and I've never been the same. It's like, okay, well, clearly we know you are. So there are two distinct types of self event connections. This is like a psychology concept. Everyone write this down, class. Yeah. Because it's going to come up later. And it's not... In it's future a closed, episodes. It's a closed book. Ep- it's like, a closed book test. Did too. you buy your Scandron? <laughs> so everyone, these are the two types of self-event connections. One is a way of explaining personal stability across time by declaring past events as illustrating personal characteristics. For example... I played soccer for many years because being a part of a group has always been important to me. So we, um, even if stories are unrelated to each other, Uh um, when you thread them together and say, I've always done things like this because this is important to me. Yeah. That is like type one of, or the first distinct type of self-event connections. The other is based on explaining how past events have changed yourself across time. For example, having children has made me more aware of how fragile life is. Oh, okay. So it says, we suggest that the distinction between change and stability connections is further nuanced by emotional tone. That is, whether these connections emphasize positive or negative self-stability and change. In other words, when we interpret how past events are linked to who we are today, these links may be either positive or negative. In two studies... It has showed that a high density of redemption sequences in life stories, that is, where an emotionally negative life scene is interpreted as having positive consequences for the narrator, was related to higher levels of life satisfaction and lower levels of depression. So even if a bunch of terrible things have happened to you, it says that if you are able to frame them in a way, once you have a lot of distance between you and that event, you're just as likely to be just as happy as everybody else. Yeah. Which is interesting because even the worst things that happen to people, we assume that these things follow you forever, which they do. Sometimes they do. And they definitely do follow you forever. But once you have that distance and you kind of, like it was saying earlier, the way you narrate the life and the language that you use around it. Yeah. uh, It's just your, the chances of you being just as happy as every other old person are really high. Yeah. Which is comforting to know if, terrible things are happening to you now you can still be happy when you're really old absolutely so there are surprisingly few studies of age differences in life stories but one important study examined age differences and changed stability connections blah 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 blah. um skylar just double fingered picked his nose at the same time my nose itches so bad from these dogs wait really yeah are you allergic to dogs i'm not allergic to dogs i'm allergic to dogs that have been outside oh Wow. So, like, and I put my nose all in this dog who's been running around outside. So you're allergic to the outside? I think so. I'm aller- I, When I touch animals that have been outside, I yeah. get all puffy and weird. gross and weird. Yeah. I think it's like, I don't know, because I, I rarely, like, get down and dirty into nature. Yeah, I know. So if I am allergic to things, I would have no idea. I Couldn't. feel like maybe if it's only the dog is, like... It's my only connection to to the outside world. Yeah, I feel like maybe you just have outside allergies. (laughs) Like I Yeah. I I mean it's easier to say the dog for sure. I think it's the dog. Yeah, maybe. Couldn't tell the last time I touched a tree, people. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly? (laughs) I'm thinking about it. I don't know. When was the last time you touched a tree? 
when we lived in Florida. <laughs> I think I touched a tree. Yeah, you That was in our did. yard when we were playing Frisbee. Yeah. I touched that tree. Yeah, for sure. That was in our front yard. It is so good. This wow. This is so good. This is so good. <laughs> um, however, research examining evaluations in response to autobiographical events has found that older adults tend to evaluate positive or past events more positively and less negatively compared with younger adults. So... The closer we are to something, the more likely we are to describe it as negative. So if you're young, and even if something not that bad's happened, you're more likely to just... This weather is pleasant. Um, This age-related shift in attention to positive over negative evaluations has been termed the positivity effect and has been replicated in many studies. According to the socio-emotional selectivity theory... That's a fucking mouthful. Yeah, good job with that one. Socio-emotional selectivity theory. Whoa. The positivity effect reflects older adults' focus on increasing well-being in the present. So it says as you get older, you're more and more and more concerned with how you feel right now, Mm -hmm. regardless of how you're going to feel in the future and regardless of how you're going to feel in the past. And it says young people are really concerned with how they're going to feel in the future. And they're less... Well, yeah, because older people are like, I don't know if there's a future. (laughs) I don't know if there's a future. Literally. So I think... It's so funny because ever since, like, ever... (sighs) Ten years ago, you asked my grandma, <clears throat> you know, when are you going to die? She'll be like, 84. <laughs> I She's can like, feel I've it. always felt, even from a young girl, that 84, that was going to be... You my know, year, that babe. Was my, that was when I was going to go, and I'll be okay with it. And, like, when she turned, like, 77 or 78, she goes, I'm thinking 84 is not so good anymore. <laughs> modern technology really creeping up on us it's just like it's so soon so i'm gonna think that maybe that's not my number i was like you do you girl no one said you're actually gonna die at 84 but like you were telling us that and Mm -hmm. we were gonna believe you you know what is so crazy that's something that's happened recently that's definitely gonna change i think my grandmother um no matter if she makes it to 84 94 104 Mm -hmm. Recently, did I mention this on the podcast yet about her family? Briefly. Okay, because I don't think we knew really yet. Mm-mm. Yeah, so a few years ago, maybe five years ago, my grandma and I took ancestor DNA um, test tests things. just to see like heritage, to see my grandma never knew her birth father and um, she wanted to know her heritage. And either back then they people weren't using it as much for a family tree or we didn't know people were using it for family trees and stuff. So we took it, we got our results, we got a kick out of it, and then we let it be. Um, and then recently she's been wanting to know more about her real father. We only knew that his name was Charles McDonald and that was it. And we didn't even know how to spell it. So we really had nothing to go off of. Um, and she was saying things like, you know, I'm just opening up for spirit to send me like some sort of family member or something that can help me put the pieces together. And I was like, I love that. Also, maybe we could sign back on to Ancestry DNA and see if like you have any matches or anything. It's been five years. Someone might, we could reach out to somebody. Swap themselves. Yeah, yeah. Like maybe you have like a 6% relative that like n- does not fit at all for what you know. And we can reach out and p- try to piece it together. And we signed on and she had a woman that showed up with 21% match and I'm on there and I only matched with my grandmother 19% and I was like grandma this woman 
has more DNA in common with you than I do. (laughs) And I am your granddaughter. I was like, I'm pretty sure this is like a sister. Um, And we ended up being able to piece it together and everything. My grandmother has two half sisters. She has um, a cousin that lives nearby that we actually went to her house and um, met. Uh, They're 13% matched in DNA, like their first cousins. And this first cousin has done extensive work on the family tree. And like literally not only did we get to show my grandmother pictures of her father, but we got to show her pictures of her great or her grandfather, her great grandfather, her great great grandfather and all her grandmothers on the side mm-hmm. too. Like she's seen her aunts and uncles and she's seen pictures of her cousins. Like she's 80 and she's never, ever, ever seen a picture of her father. And it's crazy because I don't think she looks like her father. She definitely doesn't look like her mother, but her aunt, her dad's, her dad's sister, um, which would have been the mother of this cousin that we went and looked for. Like we saw pictures mm-hmm. and stuff. The exact same face as my grandmother. <laughs> like so, she looked a ton like her aunt, and she looked a ton like her grandmother. Like the women in the McDonald line or whatever had has my grandma's face. McDonald girls. And it was at McDonald's. <laughs> 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 Um, and it's just crazy because I mean, not only did, does she now, that's going to, that, that'll change her story, you know, at 80, like that's a huge thing to figure out. You've got two half sisters, like that's insane to me. And then, you know, it's me too, because that's my great grandpa. That's Mm -hmm. my family as well that I just thought I would never know about. Like, um, and he is definitely Irish, but so my great, hold on, my great, great, great grandfather mm-hmm. was from Ireland and um, the mother, like my great, great, great grandmother was from Scotland. So that's more Scottish roots. Like I am like 80% Scottish mm-hmm. and like 12% Italian and then like a bunch of other things like Welsh and Irish and you know it's weird how like some genetics get passed on and some don't like even if like your mom like even if your dad is from somewhere and your mom is somewhere you could inherit all of mom's genes right and like yeah it is crazy because my half sister Joanna is on there Mm -hmm. and I am only 26% linked with her even though we have the same father um that seems weird to me um right i don't understand how any of that no that that, i mean that seems crazy to me i mean maybe not because you know my grandmother's half sister is 21 percent linked to her so my stepsister is 26 percent linked with me um but it's the same thing like we have the same dads they have the same dads like how is it 21 percent and 26 percent like Mm. We're talking about well, small percentages here, but at well, the you same and I, time, I'll, like we shouldn't get degrees in genetics. So <laughs> <laughs> we probably just we like, also didn't get degrees in math. Like, you know, uh, what's the math for that? Come on, Nikki Lake, sir, in a year <laughs> minus the carry. Then will you light my candle? <laughs> um, but anyways, I thought that that's something I was thinking about with my grandma, like whether or not I've seen a, sh- a shift or a change in her mm. over the course of the years. Like, I feel like that that'll 
That'll add to your story. You That'll know? add to your story. Yeah. That'll put some puzzle pieces in place that she never thought she would be able to. <laughs> so, it's yeah. crazy. I figured that from that I would take, uh, when I'm in my life, I feel like everyone does this, where you think of your life kind of as like a narrative event. Mm-hmm. Like, I this happened to me, and then this happened to me, and this happened to me, and then now I'm here. And to just take special care of my own story and then add some positive okay, Hallmark. spins on it. Love that. That's what I'm it's, thinking is the takeaway for this. Yeah, that's so cute. And also, even like, and listeners, if it's at all comforting, if it's at all comforting, you're statistically more likely than not to get better. Yeah, and if you predict your age that you're going to die at and you decide you want to change it, you can do totally it. do that. Because science. Because life. <laughs> science is getting better. Because science. <laughs> um, yeah. Because yeah, when your grandma was a little girl 80 years ago, <laughs> yeah, I feel like 84 literally. was probably like the oldest yeah, girl Yeah, she was like, town. oh my god, I want to live to 84. And now she's like 80 and she's like, bitch, I'm so young. Mm-hmm. Like we've I got people so... where I work that are in, tr- in their 100s. Yeah. 100, 101. I'm thinking my grandma might get... To her hundreds. Might get, might get into at least mid-90s with the way she's looking. Damn. Old. I mean, I don't know. She's still... She's... She Running does around. everything still, so... Yeah. She's cray-cray. There was something else I was going to say, but maybe we should just end here. End. Let's just end it let's here. End it. Let's just end it all here. I'm so upset because Xander's still here. I ended up stealing him for another day. And Michaela's coming to pick him up and... Today or tomorrow? Right now. Oh. No. I'm gonna cry. I'm literally gonna cry. This boy is mine. Um, okay. Well, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Speaking of Which. Again, I'm Sammy. I'm Skylar. Oh my god. If you would like to kind of keep in contact more with us, you can follow us on Instagram. Whoa! It's coming down! At speaking of which podcast, that's our handle. And Rain people. No, like it looks like it's like it looked like for a second it was like snowing over by the houses, but it's just raining. Um, thank you so much to our supporters for financially donating to the podcast each month. It helps to keep these weekly podcasts going, and we really truly appreciate each and every one of these people. Julie C, Anna M, Heather A, Alyssa S, Rebecca PK, Teresa D, Dominic B, Melanie W, Catherine L, Jesse D, David B, and Karen R. Thank you so much to our supporters. If you would like to become a supporter, you can do so by going to anchor.fm slash speaking of which and click the support button. You could support for a dollar a month, $5 a month, even $10 a month. And if you can't or don't want to support us financially, but you want to support us in some other way, you can share this episode or our podcast on a social media platform or with a friend. And you can also go and rate our podcast five stars on, I don't mm-hmm. know, Google Podcasts or something mm-hmm. or something like that. Just rate it. Wherever you can rate it, just, just rate it. Do five stars. Just this five aged stars. terribly. Yeah. <laughs> This is not Gouda. It <laughs> aged terribly. <laughs> hey, that was pretty good. Little Makeda. I don't know. I'm really trying. I really can't remember the melody at all to that. No. All right. And yeah, everyone. Will you lie, Makeda? No, no, no. Share. All right, bye. Bye.